Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Gray Show with Jason Graves, Mike Janung, and Julie Dozier. Blazing Grace covers important life-affecting issues with grace-filled answers. Here are your hosts, Jason, Mike, and Julie. Do you know what it takes to get the most out of your counseling experience? Well, we're going to help you with that today. This is the Blazing Grace Show. I'm Jason Graves, along with my trusty companion, Julie Dozier. Hello, Julie. Hello. We're missing our, you know, better third here. I know. Mike is relaxing relaxing in California on vacation with his family. So pray for them to be returned, restored, and rested. Mm -hmm. uh, But today, you and I are going to talk about counseling. And, you know, obviously, as counselors, we know a little bit about the subject. But... Uh, folks, uh, you may uh, think, well, I guess I know about a, lot, a lot about it too, but we want to give you some pointers to make you an effective consumer of counseling services, give you some pointers, things to watch out for, um, things to be aware of, and talk about the different forms of counseling because there are many. Right. There are uh, different types, including just face-to-face, one-on-one counseling, one-on-one canceling can also be done over the telephone. Um, but there's also newer forms that are emerging. In fact, one of the more popular up-and-coming forms of therapy, uh, according to the American Association of Christian Counselors, is intensives. And Julie, you know a thing or two about intensives, so we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that. Uh, but there's also marital therapy. We want to talk about things that will... Uh, be important factors no matter what kind of therapy you're having or what kind of model or approach your therapist is using that make therapy effective. So help you with that. But uh, Julie, how long have you been doing counseling now? Well, uh, I guess probably since the early 90s when I first started. So it's been, and there's been a lot of changes. I mean, and I really do prefer the intensives. <laughs> yes, yes. So you've been doing different types uh, spanning over two centuries, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> Last century and this century. <laughs> and uh, so I, now I haven't been doing it that long, but since early part of this decade, um, started in graduate school in about 2001 or so. So about six years. I've mainly focused just on the individual and the marital. So I'm helping guys uh, primarily, uh, healing for soul also does help women, but we, uh, I don't do that personally. Uh, but I do love, uh, being that my training is marriage and family therapy, working with couples. Um, so, but you've done the intensives. Now let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, okay. I'd like for my own learning to understand what does that look like? Uh, we talk about, uh, the intensives that you have. In fact, you've got another one coming up in September, right? Mm-hmm. What are the dates on that? Um, September. <laughs> yeah, just call for more information. <laughs> I you do can, have it in my PDA. I yeah, just don't have it memorized. Right, right. I have too many other dates before then. <laughs> yeah, well, if they could just get a little sync cable with our PDAs and our brains, then go. our brains would be caught up with our PDA. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, it's it's actually um, September the 20th through the 23rd. Okay, good. So for more information, you can uh, call Julie. Why don't you give me your number about that? Uh, 719-266-6636. Yeah, and so what could they expect if they were, you know, coming out to Colorado Springs here to do uh, what is it, three, five days, something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, three, anywhere from three to five days, mm-hmm. and um, they can expect that there will be um, like a. Well, there are two different kinds of intensives that I do. Sometimes I do an intensive where it's just one couple mm-hmm. or even one individual, mm-hmm. and it's just a. Uh, 
an intense week where they come maybe four hours every morning. I give them things to do in the afternoon. Then we start over the next day, and it's just boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a full week. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like the intensive in September is for couples, and um, what they can expect is they come – and they will have some one-on-one with their counselor in the morning. And in the afternoon, they will be given some um, some homework just for them as a couple. But they will also be involved with some group work with some mm-hmm. other couples. Mm-hmm. And then um, in the evening, uh, there's like psychoeducational. Uh, either I will be speaking on something or uh, possibly uh, Mike Bird might mm-hmm. be speaking mm-hmm. on something. And so... Uh, and it looks like that, and it and it starts out, and it kind of, I guess, uh, crescendos at a certain point, you know, mm-hmm. and then it kind of uh, just so that they're ready to go home. It 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 uh, usually um, what happens though is, you know, we have a plan and there is a structure, but um, we are also flexible enough to just be flexible to the Holy Spirit, you right. know. And sometimes He reveals things that may go a, a different direction, but. Um, it's always good, right. and it's always. It just seems so much more uh, beneficial to do it in that um, structure because when you go to a counselor and you've got forty-five or fifty minutes, uh, it may take like fifteen minutes to kind of unwind and and you know get your defenses down somewhat, and um, and then about the time you're getting into it, oh, time's up. Right. And so you save a lot of that kind of downtime, that wasted time, by mm-hmm. just having a constant, you know, several hours in mm-hmm. a row thing. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Yeah, so you're more present with the issues. Mm-hmm. There, um, There's less stop and start. It's more right. fluid, it sounds like. I like exactly. how you break it up mm-hmm. and do some teaching time in there as well. Right. So what would be some reasons that people would come to an intensive. Why do that rather than just do regular counseling? Well, I've had uh, different reasons, actually. Um, some people get to the point where, um, like I'm thinking of a, a Houston couple, and they feel it was kind of their last try, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, they've tried everything else, and they just feel like, okay, I'm going to have to um, just kind of do one last thing, and if this doesn't work, then I guess we're done. Some right. people kind of have that attitude, and um, then there are other people that just uh, maybe they're at the beginning of the recovery, and they don't want to have to go through this six months, twelve months of oh man, you know, week after week, and this kind of catapults <laughs> them into um, just a, a, a higher level of. Um, I guess, functioning in the recovery um, in a shorter amount of time. Mm -hmm. Great. So what would be some obstacles, you know, like if you're uh, getting close to coming to an intensive, what are some things that could potentially sabotage that if, if, you know, you're sensing that that might be something that's right for you or your spouse is sensing that that's something that they need? Uh, What would be some things that would potentially, um, you know, be a roadblock um, well, I mean, I, I think that a lot of times when couples make this decision that, for one thing, there's, I don't know if this is answering what you're you're getting at, but there is a lot of spiritual warfare. Right. And they're up against, uh, I mean, it just seems like I hear that every mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's because the enemy knows that there's, there's some real things that could, some pretty uh, deep, intense things that could come out. Right, right. 
Okay, so it might be a little scary mm-hmm. to work so intensely right. on an issue when maybe you're just getting into it and things mm-hmm. like that. Okay, so people come for intensives at all different points of the process, the beginning, the middle, maybe even sometimes the end? Exactly. Okay, right. great, great. All right, so intensives is one way to work with uh, with your issues. But Julie, I know that you also do counseling uh, in person one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, you like, like I said, healing for the soul, uh, do phone work. So helping people over the telephone. Right. Um, I'm aware of a couple things in terms of important factors that make therapy work across the different applications, whether it's one-on-one and intensive phone work groups over the phone, like we do, um, and I want to talk about those. Let's spend some time on those. One of those factors that you need to be aware of is how well does the person that is working with you, the therapist that's working with you, how well do they fit with the model that they're using? And when I say model, uh, this is like a, a therapy uh, application, a, a theory, if you will, that, that they've learned. How well do they fit with that? Because if, if they're not really comfortable with it, that's not going to be a real positive, as you can imagine, experience. Because if they don't know what they're doing, essentially, or if they're incompetent, then uh, that can be kind of a scary situation as well. <laughs> um, but number two, how well do you fit with the therapist? And Julie, you could probably vouch for this. Mm. I mean, we're not going to fit with every single right. client, right? Right. And, uh, and vice versa. You know, when I was looking for a counselor, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I went through quite a few. I did right. some major shopping, and and I kept thinking, okay, maybe it's the education. Maybe it's the special, specialty. Maybe it's, uh, you know, all these things. But uh, I remember in one day I saw two different PhDs. And, oh, wow. And I thought, okay, maybe it's it's the PhD that maybe mm. that's what I need. And so, and I, and it was just interviewing them basically, but right. I, I, I'll never forget um, the first PhD told me, you know, leave him before he, before it kills you. And the second right. one said, whatever you do, don't leave him. You'll, you'll kick into his abandonment issues. And so, uh, you know, here's two completely opposite things. Right. And so for myself, just from a personal perspective, what I finally found that the person that I ended up with, was not uh, did not have a PhD mm-hmm. and um, he uh, had not been counseling all that long, but um, I respected his spiritual walk with the Lord mm-hmm. and I felt like he had a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and he knew he knew my issue mm-hmm. and I connected and I felt like he had compassion. Those were the right. things that came across to me and I think basically in summary that says, are you connecting with the counselor. Right. It's got to be a good fit because if you don't like them right. or if they don't like you or if you both don't like each other. <laughs> or if your counselor just has a tick or something. Yeah. Weird, right. Some, some weird thing. Right. You know? right. Sometimes it's something small it's but something you may silly not be like able that. to get across. Yes. You know? Good point. And, and so the third thing would be is there a, fo- a positive focus on change? Mm-hmm. If your counselor is constantly checking in with you and looking at and thinking about positive change, then it's going to be uh, more likely than not a positive experience and a growth-filled experience. However, 
if somebody is sort of ambivalent and just listening in sort of a Rogerian sort of accepting way, well, that's good and it's going to be a safe place, but it may not be, may not be the most growth filled place. Now, there's something that you uh, brought up. I wanted to kind of go back to you a little bit, Julian, and it's the question of what is the role of a counselor? Um, I don't know what your thoughts on that, but one of the questions I wondered about was advice giving versus guidance providing. Uh, what can you say about that? Well, I think that typically, um, you know, at some level that that the, the client has to make some, well, they have to make their own decisions. Right. And I think it's more of a guidance thing. Mm-hmm. I think if they ask for some practical advice, mm-hmm. that that's that's not a problem to give right. that. Right. But I think overall, that um, if you just give advice, then you in a way you stunt their growth because then they may continue in their codependency to just go to different counselors or go to different friends or different people and ask advice. And and what a counselor, I, in my my opinion, is uh, and what I do is I try to get them to the point where they are uh, learning how to make their own decisions and they are uh, gaining some uh, confidence and, and boldness in decision-making and being able to, you know, uh, just basically be sensitive to the Holy Spirit themselves right. and not rely on other people. But right. I, you know, I also will give them advice if they they ask in certain practical areas that are right. appropriate to do so. Right. Good point. I actually have some strong opinions in this area. I got kind of a reaction, in fact, when you told me about the different therapists you were interviewing, and they were saying, do this, don't do that. <laughs> exactly. I try really hard not to tell my clients yeah. what to do, yeah, because I don't really see my role as a counselor as advice giving at all. Right. Certainly, if somebody asks for advice, you can provide it, mm-hmm. but I don't really think that that's something that, that, that is really traditionally uh, or, or really ideally functionally the best uh, way a therapist can be operating. Rather... Guidance providing is more about asking the right questions to help the client make the best decision for themselves because really they've got answers in them and it's better for you to help them pull that out, don't you think, mm-hmm. than to, to tell them you know what's right or what's wrong oh, or what's definitely. best. Or, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we agree on that. Yeah, because you're <laughs> pushing them towards growth you right, know, right. and not dependence. It also allows you as the client to really um, own your therapy mm-hmm. rather than just sort of be led around by somebody exactly. who may or may not be at, at, at you know, a good place in this be, area in their yeah, own life. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, just serving them that way by asking questions. Now, here's a tip. What do you think about the importance, Julie, of getting a specialist, somebody who specializes in the area of the problem that you're, that you're getting help with? Um, I actually... I think that's important because well, it depends on the area. I, mm-hmm. I think that you know, if someone's come, especially sexual addiction, I think someone needs to have some experience in that mm-hmm. and have some knowledge in that. And um, I mean, it's just like if you went to a brain surgeon, mm-hmm. you know, you have a choice. Some people say, "Well, I'm just going to go to this um, lay counselor that really doesn't know anything about this uh, area." Because they're a Christian, and you know, with the brain surgery, mm-hmm. would you go to a general practitioner mm-hmm. when you had to have brain surgery? No, I'd, I'd probably go to brain surgery, mm-hmm. surgery, a surgeon. And so, mm-hmm. 
You know, um, I guess from that perspective, I think there are some areas, and I think sexual addiction is one of them, is mm-hmm. that you need somebody that's got some experience and some knowledge in that area. Right. Absolutely. I think that's a big thing when it comes to sexual addiction, when it comes to same gender attractions, right. whatever your issue is, make sure you get somebody who specializes. Mm-hmm. And when I say specializes, they're making this issue the focus of their practice. Right. Now, here's the deal with that. You'll find that most therapists out there uh, tend to like to have a general broad practice where they'll take multiple issues. Well, here's the deal with that. I mean, would you rather go to a doctor uh, that specializes in uh, broken kneecaps when you got a broken kneecap, like your your analogy, Julie? Mm-hmm. Or would you like to go with somebody who has a general understanding of the whole body? <laughs> I want the kneecap guy, right? Right. right. Uh, you know, it's important to have that specialty because it, when it comes to this problem, especially sexual brokenness, it's mm-hmm. complex. Mm-hmm. There's many factors: That's family right. of origin factors. Right. There's past, often past abuse mm-hmm. and neglect issues. Trauma trauma there's mood factors very commonly and there's relational factors mm-hmm. okay uh, intimacy aversion is a big thing uh in this thing we call sexual brokenness so i advocate getting a specialist now the thing that you have to realize too is that um just because somebody's got some experience in this issue treating this issue doesn't mean that they're a specialist so be careful in right. discerning um of course you can work with julia or i if you need a counselor just call us. But um, if you want more of like a local counselor, somebody who works in person rather than over the phone, a couple of good resources is uh, New Life Ministries. They have a national network of counselors for local uh, local uh, ministries that you can call in your area. Call 1-800-NEW-LIFE, N-E-W-L-I-F-E. Also, for um, issues with same-gender attractions, you can rely on Exodus International. You can find them on the web at uh, exodus, E-X-O-D-U-S dot T-O, T as in Tom, O. And they've got a network as well, so you can click on Find a Ministry and get some help that way. And there's another one. Um, If you're looking for someone that's um, CSAT, or a certified sexual addiction therapist, you can go to ITAP, and um, that's the Trauma and Addiction Professionals website, and it's iitap.com, and you can just click on, um, I think it's um, Find a Counselor, and you can have a list of all the states and um, who's certified in sexual addiction through that certification process there. Great. Lots of resources. Uh, Speaking of new life, you know, Julie, we talked about your intensive. Mm-hmm. You know, my form of intensive is the Every Man's Battle weekend where we uh, have eight sessions where we're talking about issues of sexual brokenness and recovery. And then we meet after those sessions um, in between in small groups with a, ca- a counselor facilitating. So want you to hear this spot here that uh, New Life sent to us and uh, check this out. I gave my husband an ultimatum, which was very hard. Some of the things I was involved with were taking over my life. It got to the point where I had an affair. I had basically been lying to her for about 10 years. Hi, this is Steve Arterburn. At New Life, we want to take away every barrier to winning the battle against sexual addiction. We've made the Everyman's Battle program shorter, so anyone going doesn't have to miss work. We've lowered the price, and we've reduced the distance you have to travel because we're holding it in several cities every month. For the first time, I heard somebody talk my language. I didn't feel like God's first mistake anymore. In July, we'll be in Allentown, Nashville, and Sacramento, California. 
and in August we'll be in Denver, Santa Ana, and Washington, D.C. If you called us before about someone you love or care about and they couldn't make it work to attend, please call us back at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. If you've never, ever called, take the first step toward helping someone find freedom from sexual addiction. Call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Every man's battle changed my whole life completely. All right. Isn't that cool? I mean, we've yeah. we got like professional spots on the show now. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so thanks to our producer, Ted Fast Fingers Griffin, for working that in there so quickly and adeptly. But yeah, uh, obviously it's a little late for the July conference that's actually happened this weekend of taping, uh, but uh, not too late to come see us in August. I'm going to be te- teaching the Denver location, by the way, so come out to the beautiful Colorado Rockies and uh hang out with us. It's a great weekend. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to being with the guys in Nashville this weekend. But that's one idea. Um, But even that might not be appropriate for you. Um, You know, I think it's important to consider where am I at? What do I need? If you're in sort of a crisis, well, sometimes things like intensives can be good. Sometimes a weekend away can be good just for the sheer fact of getting away. But not everybody absolutely needs that. Um, Some guys who are afraid of those kinds of applications. Uh, I talk to guys on the phone all the time who are considering coming to EMB, Every Man's Battle, and they're, you know, they're actually afraid of that. I think that in those situations, it's a grow to be able to get away. I mean, you're going to a foreign town, uh, you're in an isolated thing. We're, we're holed up in the uh, hotel all weekend, just us together. You've got a roommate. And that can be a, a grow for somebody to put themselves in that kind of a situation. So I think it's just about... Um, what do you need? Let's get back to Go ahead. On that same um, point, too, is a lot of people um, may have high-profile positions right. in other states, right. and we get a lot of those people, too, is right. that they just wouldn't want to attend something nearby mm-hmm. because of that, right. uh, the confidentiality. Yeah, good point. I've had politicians and professional mm-hmm. um, sports players right. as clients, and that's a benefit. Mm-hmm. Um Let's go back to the discourse a little bit, wrapping up here about tips for counseling. Uh, one of the things I think is absolutely imperative is that your counselor start off with a good, solid assessment. How many times have you gone to a counselor, Julie, where they just said, well, what do you want to talk about? Right. I mean, it's important to get all the facts on the table at the very beginning mm-hmm. so you have something solid to, and a foundation to work from and so you're really knowledgeable rather than sort of casually getting information as you go along, getting a complete picture. Right, up front. And that initial interview, that initial session is mm-hmm. getting all the goals out there mm-hmm. and then you know, noticing is the counselor on task here? Right. Are we really addressing right. the goals that I came in here for counseling? Yep. And those goals need to flow from that assessment. Mm-hmm. So getting goals and some smaller goals within those goals called objectives. Right. Little steps we can take towards our goal. That's really important because if you're just you know, floating on a rudderless ship, mm-hmm. um, you could spend a lot of time excessively in counseling. In fact, I, I knew a counselor in Chicago who would keep people in counseling for nine years. Uh, to me, you know, that's really questionable. Right. I think it's really important that we as counselors support our clients in adopting the mindset that, hey, I'm not trying to become dependent on one person, but rather interdependent within the recovery community that I'm helping to create for myself. That's why it's so important with addictions, especially according to the research. If you look at um, uh, the organization called Isaac, they did a, a study. It's an international society for addiction counselors. Um, they did a study where it showed that it is so important to have both 
individual therapy and group therapy when you're dealing with an addiction. Why is that? Well, I mean, I think I look at groups and we're wounded in relationships. We're also healed in relationships. So it's like God uses people as Jesus with skin on to help us walk out that process. Isn't that consistent with what you've seen, Julie? Oh, definitely, yes. And Patrick Carnes has some research on that to just back up that very thing mm-hmm. is that it takes both of those things. Right, right. Very important. So uh, make sure you're going about this the right way if you want to you know, try and circumvent the process somehow by just doing one or the other for time reasons or even cost reasons, well, I mean, you're going to probably end up paying in the end. Mm -hmm. So uh, better to sort of bite the bullet a little bit and invest fully in the process from the get-go than to try and do it, you know, halfway. Right. right? So those are, that's pretty much everything I had. Julie, do you have anything else in terms of just practical tips for getting a counselor or working with a counselor or anything like that? Well, just one more thing is on that specialist thing, um, just because they say Mm-hmm. that they do that, I would do a little research and okay. just ask them questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what kinds of training have you had mm-hmm. right. in this? And what kind of experience are you coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, just ask if they have experienced something in that that issue mm-hmm. themselves. And, right. I mean, just to get some feedback on that, I think that's important because not everybody that advertises that they specialize in things really have a true um training in that area right that's a good point great point like julie you're a csat certified sexual addiction therapist if you're interviewing somebody and they say that that's what they are it's kind of a slam dunk because right. they're they have been trained by patrick carnes who's mm. one of the fathers of uh, the pioneers really right. of sexual addiction recovery another like um like certification would be a i think it's called a c uh SAC, uh, Certified Sexual Addiction Counselor, I believe. But this is more of the Christian variety with Mark Lacer's group. And that would also be something that I personally would consider a very uh, on par. Okay, people have different opinions about that. But those are some things to think about. Also, um, if a person is licensed or not is a key. If you need to use your insurance for your therapy, it's really going to be imperative that they be licensed in the state where they're practicing. So that's a good question that you can ask. One thought you mentioned, you know, do they have personal experience with sexual addiction recovery? That's something I think is important to know, especially if you're particular in that area. But it doesn't necessarily mean, in my opinion, that you need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, right. For example, um, the guy, uh, Harry Schomburg, who wrote False Intimacy, uh, he would not consider himself a sex addict, but he's done some really good work, solid work in this area and he's one of the people in the church that uh, are commonly referred to as a leader in in this area so something to consider there as well so that's pretty much it i mean do you have questions you can email us uh email me jason graves at help at healing for the soul.org and uh, julie once you give me your email address uh www dot uh, wings of grace counseling.com and that would be of course the website you can visit and uh, get all the information on wings of grace a great group indeed so uh tune in next time we're glad to have you with us on the blazing grace show remember we are a listener supported uh, radio show so we've been able to reach out to places like los angeles now we're in south africa uh, would you like to help us take us around the globe well we would sure appreciate your support and uh Go ahead and uh, get a hold of us at blazinggrace.org to do so. God bless. We'll see you next time. 
I had. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It will be gratefully appreciated. Send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the internet at www.blazinggrace.org. That's B-L-A-Z-I-N-G-G-R-A-C-E dot O-R-G forward slash radio dot htm on that page you'll find a downloadable copy of this show or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries look for blazing grace radio if you want help resolving a sexual addiction you can reach jason graves by dialing toll free 877-590-SOUL that's 877-590-7685 Julie Dozier can be reached at 719-266-6636. That's 719-266-6636. Get a copy of Mike's book, The Road to Grace, by visiting roadtograce.com. That's the word to and not the number. Desire for a specific subject to be covered on the show? Email Mike Janung at Mike at blazinggrace.org We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers with you next time. Thank you so very much for listening. Tell a friend about the broadcast. On behalf of Jason, Mike, and Julie, may God richly shine His grace upon you.